everybody. I'm Jim Williams, your host for the Politically Incorrect Podcast. I'm the Washington Bureau Chief of News Talk Florida, and I'm joined by a very entertaining panel for us today. Ladies and gentlemen, as usual, we have Tom Jackson. We have Joe Henderson. We have from New York, Alan Steinberg, and our special guest from the Raleigh-Durham area. He's a nationally syndicated talk show host, host of the Bachelor Pad, LA Bachelor. LA, it's a pleasure to have you with us on the Politically Incorrect podcast. We really look forward to chatting with you, and it's great to have you on. Jim, uh, I'm honored, and I'm pleased to be with you and your guests. Well, thanks a lot, and let's get into it. Guys, uh, this morning, I was on your wake-up call with our buddy, Chris Fisher, who was on with us uh, a little earlier in the uh, week. And uh, Chris had me come on uh, our flagship station in the Tampa Bay area, WWBA, 820 AM, for your wake-up call, along with uh, um, Lake Bass and uh, Kurt Schreiner. And they asked me to talk about the alt-right. I had about 90 seconds to two minutes to boil it down. I did my best to put the bullet points out there, not mentioning really anything about uh, Donald Trump. And about a minute and a half after I finished my summation, the calls came in and quickly the Trumpsters were after me because I obviously was trying to tie Steve Bannon, uh, who's now a Trump uh, campaign uh, front man, to the alt-right, which is not a tough thing to do. And today, of course, Hillary Clinton went after Donald Trump uh, for his ties to the alt-right. So my question to you, and we'll start with Mr. Jackson on this one, uh, is it fair for Hillary Clinton to go after Donald Trump on the alt-right situation? That was uh, the speech that that Hillary Clinton delivered today uh, out in Reno to the uh, people at Truckee of the the Meadows Community College or something like that. I know where Truckee is. I didn't know that it was in Reno. Uh, Anyway, it was was a splendid speech. It was well-documented point by point by point. She tied him so she tied Donald Trump so tightly to the crazies on the alt-right that I don't see any way for him to effectively uh, extract himself if he is so inclined to even attempt to extract himself. Uh, I, I think that there has been some movement in the Trump campaign from uh, at least from Kellyanne Conway's uh, point of view to try to, to, to give him some distance. But, I mean, as you say, Steve Bannon is is very much the – the face of the alt-right, uh, and, and by bringing him on as the campaign CEO, I don't see how there's a whole lot of daylight between Donald Trump and the alt-right, and I'm sure that we will explain more about what the alt-right is as we go along. What about uh, you, Alan? I know you have some uh, strong opinions about Breitbart and, uh, and Steve. Yes, uh, this is the first time in my life that I have supported a Democrat for president of the United States. And the key factor in that is what Hillary Clinton talked about today, the outright bigotry of Donald Trump, a man who backed the birther movement, which was attempting to disqualify the first African-American elected as president of the United States, a man who has his own history of racial discrimination in his uh, early work with his housing projects, and a man who traffics with white supremacists, and his appointment of Steve Bannon is the uh, last nail in his political coffin, I believe, because 
Steve Bannon is America's primarily primary enabler of white nationalism, which is synonymous with white supremacy. Steve Bannon constituted it was really the factor in an ugly change in the Breitbart website. It was a good thinking conservative website when Andrew Breitbart was alive. Ben Shapiro has written about this. At the time of the death of Andrew Breitbart, uh, Bannon maneuvered himself into the uh, chief executive officer position at Breitbart, and that website became a home, a haven, a sanctuary for white bigots. That's what it is. Let's not mince words. And Bannon is the kind of guy that after Trump loses, he'll end up running Trump's uh, empire, his empire of, uh, of media, uh, probably if they buy Newsmax and uh, have their own channel. I think it's imperative. Now, let me make one last point. It's important not to confuse the alt-right, which is a white supremacist movement, a white nationalist movement, with the Tea Party. The Tea Party was an honorable movement. It was based on economic downs, uh, grounds. The idea taxed enough already. But with Trump, the Tea Party really doesn't exist as a factor. The real factor is alt-right. And Steve Bannon is at the core of it. Joe, you're up next. Well, I thought, uh, first off, that Hillary Clinton gave one terrific speech today in, in going after the alt-right and tying tr uh, Trump to it and just laying out the case why this movement be called out and stopped because what it is trying to do is, is mainstream racism and make it seem they dress it up in a in a different kind of um, box, put a different bow on it, but it's the same thing. And it's got to stop, it just does. And so I was glad to see Hillary do it. It's, if I'm a, um, a follower of, of uh, Mr., uh, Mr. Trump right now, uh, I would be seriously reassessing my uh, loyalty to him because of the people that surrounds him. And Hillary Clinton pointed that out in her speech, uh, taking particular pains with uh, Mr. Bannon. And uh, like she, she cited, you are who you hang out with. And right now, that movement is scary. They're trying to legitimize herself. They're trying to make uh, Hillary Clinton out to be the racist which is the oldest misdirection play in the book. And uh, it, it really is a disgusting uh, turn in national politics. It really is. L.A., it's your opportunity, my friend. Well, I think um, all, all, everything's on the table. You know, politics is not for babies. Uh, Mr. Trump has uh, shown that uh, hate, uh, can lead to a uh, nomination, and I, obviously the alt right is a part of that. Um, when you call for all Muslims to be, be out, Syrians and building a wall, when you refer to uh, black folks as those people, when you when you give a speech saying, you know, you know, we're going to make your streets and neighborhoods safer and get you out of poverty. Some of us actually have graduated from college. Some, some of us actually have jobs. Some of us don't have eight kids. And and the, the hate migraine um, is certainly 
um, has been something that a group of his supporters, most of them, uh, have, have gotten into. When 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 we hear stuff like, you know, we're going to make, you know, America great again, you know, most black folks like myself feel like they want to go back to the Cleaver days in the 50s. And so certainly, uh, by all means, uh, Hillary has a right to bring this up, and I, I thought she did really well in, in laying out that case. You know, guys, uh, Richard Spencer, who is the face of white nationalism, uh, he's 38 years old, and um, I don't know if you remember, but in Cleveland at the Republican National Convention, he held up a sign, want to talk to a racist for anybody who might want to be involved in interviewing him. And here's a quote, which I, I have in a story, which will drop hopefully in the morning. And that is, when a presidential candidate, he's now talking about Donald Trump, is leading in the polls, or at least in most polls, and he talks about your movement directly, I think you can safely say we've made it. And that comes again from Richard Spencer, who is the head of the white nationalists, who um, is a supporter of Donald Trump and someone who... um, clearly feels no uh, nothing but glee that Breitbart is involved through Steve Bannon. And uh, he feels that now that, uh, that, that through a potential President Trump, or at least someone running for president, that his group has now been, uh, has now been brought into the mainstream, which I think uh, we have two very strong conservatives in, in Tom Jackson and, and Alan Steinberg, who I know supported a number of different candidates other than Donald Trump. Uh, and that's got to make you, as it does me, and I'm, you know, Joe and I are, are more to the left, but it's got to make you guys unnerved because how does, the, optically, how does this look for the Republican Party? I think well, the Republican well, the reason... Party's in bad trouble. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Uh, well, I, I I agree. I think it's one of the reasons that there are already postmortems being performed on the uh, on the Republican Party. NBC had a had a piece today has a has a piece up on their on their website right now about what becomes of the Republican Party after Trump. And uh, Quinnipiac shows uh, Hillary Clinton still with a pit, a, a ten point national lead. This is after a week of Donald Trump pretty much minding his minding his business, sticking to being a, a mainstream candidate, and and all this bad news breaking about Hillary Clinton. And she's still got a ten point lead. I, I think that there's a potential for yes, as as Alan says, the GOP to be in an awful lot of trouble. Uh, I just went to uh, to Richard Spencer's uh, Twitter feed on on your mention of him and his. I mean, this is just bleak. What he's what he's what he's uh, tweeting right now. Shorter Hillary, I will be a candidate for white dispossession. You know, and this is the core of what Donald Trump is supported by, and they want to take uh, and, and whatever happens, they say they're not going away. Uh, troubling times ahead. Ellen, you were saying. Yes, I'm totally with my good friend Tom Jackson on this because. I'm trying to make a decision as to what I'm going to do after uh, this campaign. 
we may need a whole new party. If the alt-right is going to have a uh, significant influence on the Republican Party, people like myself and Tom who believe in equality, believe in opportunity for people of all races and creeds, we're basically Jack Kemp-style Republicans, Ronald Reagan-style Republicans. We can't live with this. And I've been studying a lot recently about how the Republican Party came into being uh, during the 1850s. And it was a unique coalition. You know, the Whig Party just had run its course. Uh, even though the Jacksonians were uh, racist, you had a certain number of Jack- Jackson- Jacksonians who felt at home with the abolitionist movement. They may have been racist, but they didn't believe in slavery. So we're in flux. Uh, but I don't know. I can't speak for Tom, but uh, people like Tom and, uh, and I, we may have to have a, a new party. We can't become Democrats because we're people who believe in small government, limited regulation, sound money, uh, opportunity, uh, not government not controlling everything from cradle to grave. But uh, I feel like I'm in the wilderness now. The Republican Party was my home all my adult life, but I'm not at home in a party where the alt-right has any influence at all. Well, Alan, you worked for President Bush, yes. uh, President George W. Bush, I should say, uh, to make right. it clear which Bush. Uh, clearly, that would not have flown in a George W. Bush administration. No. George W. Bush went out of his way to be inclusive. And uh, to his credit, he had an African-American Secretary of State and Condoleezza Rice. Uh, and before her, you had Colin Powell as Secretary of State. Condoleezza Rice was also uh, the head of the uh, National Security Council, uh, which, quite frankly, the reason I was so proud of that is so often, and this is one of the worst forms of bigotry African-Americans face, they're often stereotyped for different positions in government. And what George Bush was saying is, I want the best person, and the best person happens to be an African-American. And I was very proud of the uh, Bush record on, uh, on race and his record on promoting equality. And the alt-right is a foreign country. This is why the Bush family is staying out of this election completely. L.A., from your standpoint, you have done some phenomenal work. And I, I'm, I'm going to brag a little bit on L.A. here. Uh, I've been fortunate enough to be on L.A.'s show from time to time. He's become a friend. And he did a week's worth of programming on race in America and, and did a phenomenal job on it. And L.A., you're, and again, um, I want to make sure, as everybody knows, as they're listening to us on the uh, Politically Incorrect podcast here on News Talk Florida and Blog Talk Radio. Um, L.A., you, you, um, you were an independent, and you didn't have, you didn't pick someone yet, but you've done that fantastic work on race in America. What did you learn from what, um, what went on in that incredible week's worth of programming that you could share with us? Well, honestly, Jim, what I've learned is that uh, America is digressing when it comes to race. Uh, um, I, I, I believe that uh, Republicans, to be quite candid, uh, talk about inclusion, but they've been talking about that since Jack Kemp. Uh, Democrats take the black vote and, and brown vote for 
uh, granite. And and the bottom line is that, uh, you know, if I can be very frank, you know, sometimes uh, these type of conversations have to come from people that are being open. You know, it's hard for someone who's not black or brown to understand why you're being pulled over by a cop by the color of your skin. And I don't, so I don't want to see Anderson Cooper uh, lecture me on black in America. That makes no sense. And so what I found in our conversations that some people want to have real discussion. Some people, both parties, want to have some some inclusion and some uh, reality checks, if you will. But for the most part, people still want to, you know, wait until Dr. King's birthday and hold hands and sing Kumbaya or Black History Month and, and put some programming on and talk about race in America. And then the rest of the 300 and X amount of days, you know, there's still police brutality. There's still a, uh, to me, systematic genocide that is taking place in this country with people of color. Um, you have this this president that are killing people with drones of color in other countries. So it, it, I, I think that once people really have a reality check uh, and be honest with themselves, why you hate, because why you do what you do. And it's not just, you know, people that are non-black and brown. I mean, you, you have, I talked about, uh, black cops are that hate to have a, a self hate gene. They don't like black people because they're ashamed of black people. So there's a it's, it's a uh, multi uh, facet, multi dynamic uh, discussion that needs to happen, but it has to be an honest discussion. You know, in LA, when um, when I've been had the pleasure of being on your show, we also chatted about another group, and it's a group that Alan and I know a great deal of because of our time in Western Pennsylvania. And that is uh, poor whites. I mean, if you go to Allen knows this neck of the woods as well as I do. Fayette County uh, in Pennsylvania is one of the poorest counties in the United States, and it's a predominantly white uh, county. Absolutely. And and you know yeah, and that, 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 that speaks to uh, 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 not not just the the, the, the bigger picture of this. It, you know, it's a class thing. It's a social economic thing, um, and and you and what's disturbing and 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 sort of sad in a way, uh, Jim and 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 guys, is that people in this country that are of that health um, vote against their own self-interest. You know, I'm not I'm not a black person up here saying vote Democrat. Uh, Democrats have just hot, just robbed and and and, and stolen the uh, uh, the vote. Um, with no real policy of people of color, they do nothing. Not all cases. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm disappointed with the congressional black caucus. I mean, so th- there is no favoritism here. What I'm saying is that, you know, that these both these parties who play like they want to help people of color um, have done really essentially nothing. At least not in my lifetime. Well, you're listening to the Politically Incorrect Podcast. I'm Jim Williams, your host, the Washington Bureau Chief of News Talk Florida. You just heard from L.A. Batchelor, who's a nationally syndicated uh, radio host, who we are happy to have as our guest today, Alan Steinberg, holding down the fort in New York. And then my two Florida buddies, Mr. Tom Jackson and Joe Henderson. Tell you what, we're going to step aside for a short break, and then we will be back right here on the Politically Incorrect Podcast. You're listening to it on uh, newstalkflorida.com and blogtalkradio.com. We will be right back. 
Welcome back. I'm Jim Williams, your host of the Politically Incorrect podcast and Washington Bureau Chief of News Talk Florida. With me on the Politically Incorrect podcast today, we have Tom Jackson, Tom, Joe Henderson down in Florida. We got Alan Steinberg, as I said before, holding down the, the, uh, the house in New York for us and our guest, and uh, he's a special guest and a good friend, L.A. Bachelor, the host nationally of his own show, The Bachelor Pad, which you, after this show, we're going to make sure you listen to it on a regular basis. Gentlemen, uh, you know, we now are at a point where I think and I hope that with the speech that Secretary Clinton gave today, that we begin to speak about race in a proper way and not you know, in a, it's an uncomfortable thing to talk about. And, but I will tell you, having been on LA's program, I've been, I've, I, I must say, I have enjoyed being on the show because there is no fear of talking honestly and openly on LA's show because he has a, he has a group of people that he has who are guests on his program, who join him on his program, who, who understand that it's an important topic to talk about and they feel free to do it. And I hope that we begin to have that kind of dialogue because we need to have that dialogue. And if it, if we can't have it, when we're voting for the president of the United States, I'm not sure we can ever have. Well, uh, Jim and, and guys, I, I would obviously agree that I would hope we would have such a dialogue but in this kind of atmosphere right now, uh, I don't know if that's possible. Uh, I'm really glad to see Hillary Clinton push back on this, because that is really the only way you deal with a bully, is you put two hands in their chest and you shove them, which is what she euphemistically just did to Donald Trump. But when you the people who support Don, that part of Donald Trump, and I'm not saying everybody who supports Donald Trump is a racist, but there are racists who support Donald Trump. And those people have had the hate bubbling uh, for a while now. I don't think they just woke up on Monday and go, you know what, I think I'll be a racist. You know, they, they've, they, they, maybe, maybe they've always been that way. They were sort of driven underground. Uh, but now they, they look at Donald Trump and they say, that's our guy. You know, he's, he is the nominee of the Republican Party, and there's a new sheriff in town, and and we're gonna we're gonna have, clean this thing up and do this thing our way. When you have that dynamic going, I don't see, at least in the short term, how there will be any sort of uh, intelligent dialogue on race. I hope I'm wrong, uh, but I fear I'm not. Alan, you and I know Kellyanne, and She's got, she's got a problem here. What, if you're Kellyanne, what are you telling Donald Trump to do? Well, I think what she's been uh, telling Donald Trump to do, and uh, Kellyanne, by the way, is not a racist, is not a bigot, uh, but she's working in a climate where I don't think she can prevail. Uh, she advised Donald Trump to uh, flip-flop on the uh, whole issue of uh, immigration, and she was well-intentioned by this, but, but what does he do? 
he goes out there and he talks about how there's going to be a softening. And then a few hours later, he goes, we're going to build the wall and the Mexicans are going to pay for it. And appeals to the same xenophobia and nativism he's been appealing to the whole time. So I don't think there's much that Kellyanne can do because Donald Trump got where he is on the issue of nativism, bigotry, xenophobia, and misogyny. That's what Donald Trump is all about. And it's troubling for me for another reason. People talk about uh, the Republican Party being the party of Lincoln. Now, I think in terms of his time, Lincoln was a great man, but he himself was a racist, by the way. And he was an he believed in abolishing slavery, but he wanted to go slow on it. But he still deserves the ranking of a great president. For me, the Republican of my time, aside from Eisenhower and Reagan, but the person I think of in terms of defining my party was Jackie Roosevelt Robinson who I think was the greatest of American in the 20th century. What he did to integrate the game of baseball made it possible for people, white and black, to hold hands together and to work together. And there's no room for Jackie Roosevelt Robinson and a party of Steve Bannon and a party of Richard Spencer and a party of Brimelo. And there's no room for me either. And it's scary to me. It really, really is scary that this has been a hostile takeover of the Republican Party and it's a threat to one of America's great, uh, I use the term democratic with a small d, democratic institutions. I, I, I'd like to point out, though, that, that, the, that the folks who represent the alt-right, as, as noisy and as, as discomforting as they are, I think still represent a pretty small minority of, of the Trump support. I mean – he go, he goes on he does this he does this town hall with 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 Sean Hannity managed to get Sean out of his lap long enough to to conduct a, a, a poll right there to to conduct a poll right there of of his audience regarding what to do with the 11 million or so uh immigrants who are here illegally and um the he gave him two choices throw them out or figure out what to do with them and treat them humanely here uh, the throw them out was there was some noise about that, but the let them stay and and figure out how to deal with them was overwhelmingly endorsed. I mean, this is this is part of the the frustration that that I have as a traditional conservative that that now this guy who hijacked the party and has so much awful baggage uh, coming along with him is now taking up stand after stand after stand that both Jeb Bush and Marco Rubio were there from were on from day one i mean i remember four years ago being at a speech at saint leo university that that jeb bush spoke for an hour without a note and one of the things that he said about immigration is that republicans can't afford to be the last hard-boiled egg at the party and i i took that to mean you know everybody everybody else who's been thinking about this has figured out that it is not in the american heart to round up people and, and send them home. We've seen what that looks like. We've seen when 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 gangs of armed people come into people's houses and rip them away from their loved ones and send them home because Ellie and Gonzalez suffered that very fate under the Clinton administration, the first Clinton administration. Um, and 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 so as Americans, we understand we don't really want to do that. We want to figure out a way to secure the border and to tidy up the visa situation, and then. We want to deal with the people who have been here, have slowly are, are becoming Americans, and, will, and want to be Americans and want to stay here. 
and, and live out the American dream like the rest of us. But, but, but the alt-right as the, as the small nuclear power in this, in this campaign, it gives me an awful lot of pause. You know, Tom, um, it's, it's, I don't know if you guys got this one. I watched Sean with, um, with Donald Trump, and I, I, I'm sorry. I got this kind of Caesar-esque look where he's basically putting his thumb, you know, it's thumbs up, keep them, thumbs down, get rid of them. I mean, you know. Oh, that's really? exactly what I thought, yeah, yeah. I, like, really, you're, you're, you're putting a group of people's fate in the hands of an audience up, we we keep them. Down, we get we get rid of them. Really? I yeah, mean, well, I'll tell you one other. I mean, that's that's but, the populism, though. Yeah, well, yeah, but not. I mean, that's literally populism. I mean, that's. Oh yes, yes. We're gonna have a plebiscite. We're gonna have a plebiscite on everything. If, that's if, the if, lowest if, common never, denominator populism. Right. Uh, never. Yeah. Never mind the Constitution. Never mind principles. It's just whatever the mob wants. We're going to yeah. give the mob in a in a Trump presidency, and that's you know that's at least that's what it's looking like right now. Jeez. Well, and, 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 and if is, I, okay, who was talking? Sorry, Joe, I'm sorry. No, I was just going to say with 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 that in mind, uh, the mob mentality, so to speak. I salute Jeb Bush uh, and the Bush family for sitting this one out and just saying, no, we're not going to be part of it. I salute John Kasich for not going to the convention in his own state. And I wonder uh, when Chris Christie is going to grow a spine, when why Marco Rubio says, well, he's a con man, but, you know, I still support him. You know, what? where is the condemnation from the mainstream Republicans on this? They should be out there just saying, you know what, you, you asked for him, you got him, but we're not going to play. And we'll come along with a broom on a, the day after the election and try to clean up the mess and get this party back to its core principles and, and put these, the racists and the alt-rights and all the rest of them, let them know there is no room for them here anymore. If you got to rig the well, rules, you know, Chris, Chris Christie wants to be the next hero of the alt-right. That's what he's all about. And he just uh, conditionally vetoed a gun bill in New Jersey where he tried to establish a universal right to carry, which was, different from his previous position. I don't say the right to carry makes one a member of the alt-right, but he really is going in an ultra-conservative direction. But let me say this. My conservatism was the conservatism of Bill Buckley, who went out of his way to try to outreach on an equal level, not on a patronizing level like Donald Trump. He tried to approach African-Americans, Asians, Jews on the level of brotherhood. Uh, the Trump condescending level is just outright uh, repulsive, and and it shows his own bigotry the way the way he does it. Uh, I think I I will, I will say one other thing. I think that Fox News, uh, the Sean Hannity show, ought to be reported as an in kind contribution to the Donald Trump campaign because every night he's getting a free infomercial on that show. Well. Um... L.A., you're you're you can weigh in on this. Um, what's going on? What do you, what do you see? What 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 is um, what do you see going on in the party in the Republican Party from your optics on, on what's going on? Oops, we lost uh, we lost L.A. He his um, his connection went out. So I'll tell you what. Um, 
since since he's gone. And I think uh, Joe, you spoke about this. Tom, you spoke about it. Alan, you spoke about it. I think one of the things that um, I saw last night is I saw Kellyanne on with Rachel Maddow. And um, I got to give her credit. She did an amazing job of just doing her best to to work to put together um, a co a coherent plan for why you should support Donald Trump. And it wasn't easy, and it's probably one of the most painful, you know, forty five minutes of her life. But um, she. To her credit, she sat there, she answered questions, she didn't try to dodge and weave and bob and, and do any of that stuff or change directions or any of it. She, she sat there and she took it and she did her best to frame it. And then again, today, when Hillary Clinton goes and gives that speech in Reno, you got to believe that, um, you know, something's going to, the wheels are going to come off of something. Somebody's going to have to talk about this from that camp, and it's got to be Donald Trump. And do you think, I'll give it to you, Alan, first, do you think that Donald Trump will come out and disavow in any way, shape, or form this, it, because he's got Steve Bannon sitting right next to him. What, what is he going to do? He can't, he can't disavow it. It's there. I'll answer with two words. Okay. Hell no. There is no way in the world that Donald Trump is going to disavow the alt-right. It took him two days to admit that he knew who David Duke was. He claimed he didn't know who David Duke was. Donald Trump is a person of the worst mendacity, the biggest lying you can see in a presidential candidate. But I'm going to tell you what I'm suspecting. Uh, and I could be wrong. I think we're near a point where Trump may drop out of the race. And I say it for this reason. He all of a sudden canceled a bunch of rallies this week. Now, he talks about Hillary Clinton having a health problem, but Hillary's out there looking great every day, doing five or six events. He does one event, then he flies back to New York, and he's nowhere to be seen. Either he has a health problem, which I don't have any evidence of, but you got to wonder, since he keeps putting out this fraudulent stuff about Hillary having a health problem, or he's having private meetings about the possibility of dropping out of the race, because... Donald Trump has an ego uh, that uh, could not take a dramatic defeat. Today, the Quinnipiac poll showed one-on-one -on -one Hillary Clinton ahead of him by 10 points. It's going to get worse, not better. And in the back of his mind, he may realize that. So I don't know how much longer Donald Trump uh, stays in the race, but whether the Republican Party loses with another candidate in the long run, it will be much better off if he gets out. Tom Jackson, you... When we started a couple of weeks ago on on talking about this situation, you know, you talked about, and it's true that on a on a statewide level and on a congressional level and senatorial level, on pretty much every level but the White House, the Republicans have had a good run. Does what go, is going on? And again, it's a it's a fringe group. There's no question about it. It's a small fraction of the people voting uh, in the Trump camp, but is it possible that a small fraction like the alt-right can poison the well 
for the Republican Party? Well, is it possible is an absolute question, and the, and the question – the answer to that is, of course, it can. Uh, if we're going to just to say, is it absolutely possible that this sort of thing could happen? Yes. No doubt a, a small group that is, is aggressive enough and energetic enough and loud enough uh, and, and lines up with the party can, in fact, poison it, make it bad for a long time. Uh, having said that, I don't think that it's likely to happen. I think if uh, I think what we're looking for, looking at right now, is is probably a repeat of the 1996 race, where the Republicans ran a very good man who was a very bad candidate, and with weeks to go before election day, they the GOP is essentially cut Bob Dole loose and said. We are going to concentrate on the down ballot races, and in fact, um, the the GOP did pretty well congressionally that year. They, I, I, as I recall, they didn't lose much in the way of uh, of House seats, and actually picked up a couple of Senate seats. Uh, I would not be surprised to see them run exactly the same sort of campaign this year, where with two or three weeks to go, they start saying, "All right, if, assuming Donald Trump is is." still in the race and alan when you say he might get out i mean my i i feel my heart flip with joy uh i i i I hope you know more about this than you're actually telling us um since you live up that way uh but i i would see with two or three weeks to go if the polls are still looking the way they are then the gop will run a down ballot race that says we don't want to give you voters don't give hillary clinton a blank check look what happened in 2009, and that'll be what we'll see the last two, two or three weeks of the race. And from that, if if that proves successful, then it will be a re- and and Trump loses big, then it will be a repudiation of the alt right, and the GOP will be okay going forward. Now, if Trump loses big and Hillary gets uh, majorities similar to what Barack Obama had his first two years then I think there's a complete reordering of the GOP that has to happen. I agree. What I mean, from the standpoint of at least my looking at it, uh, Trump's not going to go away. I mean, Trump will take these people and start his his own TV network. And, you know, he's, he's going to have, let's just say, let's just say for the sake of argument, he's going to have anywhere from 14 to 24 or 25 million people who are following him. I mean, he's created this monster. They, you know, they are going to be a factor and they're not going to be a factor in the Democratic Party. Are they going to be a factor as a third party? Are they going to be, are they going to be involved in, in, uh, in Republican politics? Where do you see that going? They may force uh, people like Tom and uh, and I to uh, join a third party. I don't know what Tom's inclination is going to be. I I suspect that Tom and I will be having a lot of phone conversations after this election. <laughs> but it's a problem. It's a problem because I am not comfortable. I don't want to compromise with the alt-right. I want to see the alt-right movement destroyed. There's no place for Alan Steinberg and Tom Jackson in a party where bigots control so much of the direction of the party. Yet what has happened is that I, I think it, I have to be fair to people. 
you have white working class people who are good and decent, but bigotry and demagoguery turned them in a direction of hatred. And at this point, it's hard for the Tom Jacksons, it's hard for the Alan Steinbergs to do anything about it. But we can't make common cause with these people. Some people have said, well, if the economy gets better, maybe uh, they'll uh, be less militant, maybe they'll be less inclined to embrace the alt-right. I hope so, but I'm not optimistic. And my problem is, and I know Tom, uh, This, I think on this I have Tom and I can uh, uh, speak for Tom. Uh, Tom and I are conservatives who believe in small government, uh, widening private sector opportunity, a bigger role for the private sector. We can't become Democrats, but what are we going to do in a party that is uh, basically the party of white sheets? That's what it's going to come down to. You know, guys, uh, I agree with you, and I, and I understand your angst. And what's going to happen uh, after the election is anybody's guess at this point. I would hope that uh, Republican leadership, solid, sane Republican leadership, is going to seize the microphone on the day after the election and say, all right, you know, we're taking back over here, and and we're gonna we're gonna run you uh, you racists and bigots off. But let me just point something out, guys. And um, this didn't just happen in this campaign. This stuff's been bubbling for a while now. And and one thing uh, which which Tom will remember greatly was how controversial it was right here in Florida in 2012 when the state Republican-controlled legislature and the Republican governor, Rick Scott, began to try to uh, take some voting moves that were widely seen as disenfranchising black voters. And uh, they cut back the number of early voting days. They cut back uh, the number of uh, precincts where they could vote. This also happened in Ohio. And so this stuff didn't just happen in a vacuum. You know, when, when if, if you are a a person of color looking at this, it is hard for you not to look at the entire Republican Party and go, y'all a bunch of racists. We're not going to, you know, I don't want anything to do with you. Now, that's not fair. And I don't, I don't mean to even remotely suggest that Republicans endorse racism or the party of racism, but they have taken some moves that can be taken as trying to be uh, disenfranchised black people and this is coming home to roost right now and they the, the republicans had better get a grip on this and and realize that things have changed that's all i got to say i think you're right but there is voter fraud that does take place it has nothing to do with race and i'm not opposed to efforts uh to curb that but at the same time i think the north carolina case was pretty clear this was an effort targeted towards uh, people of color. And Republicans have to speak loudly and clearly that we're the party of Abe Lincoln, we're the party of Jackie Robinson. That's what we got to be about. No, I, and I'm, I'm glad to hear you say that, and I know that, that you mean it. But, you know, this to, for anybody to think or suggest that, that Donald Trump invented all this, or, or you know, it, he's just riding the wave. And... Some people, uh, some thoughtful conservative leaders need to go throw their hands up and go, okay, wait a minute. We're not going to be 
the party of bigotry. We're not even going to let that uh, take a toehold in our party anymore and uh, reorganize the party, do what you got to do, but you got to stop this stuff. And I think if, if that were to happen, the message would resonate of smaller government, less regulation, lower taxes and all that stuff. But instead, right now, the way it's painted is, is you've got the, the racial problems and, and tax breaks for billionaires. And that's how it plays out. And no wonder people are mad. I agree. We don't seem to be addressing problems the way we once did. Nope. Well, guys, it's about that time on the Politically Incorrect podcast to go last call. And so tell you what, we'll give last call startup to Tom Jackson. Go ahead, Thomas. I would, I, 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 my Twitter feed is blowing up with pictures of Hillary Clinton embracing Robert Byrd, who was once upon a time a high-ranking officer in, in, the, uh, in the West Virginia KKK. So, I mean, they're going to give as good as they get, I suppose, but the, the, uh, the evidence is more damning for, for, uh, for Donald Trump than it is for Hillary Clinton, and I see a bumpy road ahead. Joe? You know, what strikes me and, and is that this is maybe the most extraordinary time um, in American politics, certainly in my lifetime, and I think uh, it would go back to a lot of lifetimes. And maybe it's good that this has finally come out in the open and that we can finally confront it and do something to stop it because what has happened in our politics is is poisoning america and and that's true on both sides that's not i'm not pointing a finger strictly at republicans uh, they are culpable so are democrats and after this the disgust that we see in this country over this particular election needs to be an impetus for change alan I agree, and uh, what happens after the election, I have no doubt that Trump is going to lose, but what happens after the election is going to be very fateful for the future of America. I hope in the conser- among the conservative ideologists we have someone like a Bill Buckley emerge. Bill Buckley is the person who basically uh, made sure that the John Birchers couldn't control the conservative movement. He got rid of Joe Sobran over National Review, and he repudiated Pat Buchanan at one point. So we need to move forward, and what happens in that uh, gap the weeks after the election is going to tell the tale. Well, I'll tell you, I think that I think the conservative movement and certainly the Republican Party has weathered a number of storms, and I think they'll be able to weather this one because I do feel that there's some strong and, and good people in the party who will step up and uh, and and take control and uh, battle the, with the alt-right in, uh, and get it straight. And I think what, ho- what I hope, I guess, would be the way, as Joe had said uh, earlier, is that as a country, we look at this and we say, you know what, this is not a Republican issue. This is an issue that you know, is, is a fringe group, and we need to keep that fringe group away from us and, and get rid of them as best we possibly can. 
not just Democrat and not just Republicans, but Democrats too, because there's Democrat, there's Democratic fringe groups on on the left that are equally as uh, distasteful as as what the alt right is. So we can't. We need to get those fringe groups that we've allowed to fester. We need to get rid of them, and uh, and it'll be better for all of us if that is is something that we're able to do. So, uh, real quick, guys. Uh, Social media, where can we get you? We know that we can. Uh, if you want to plug an upcoming story on uh, New Stock Florida, please do. Uh, so, uh, Tom Jackson, where can we where can we read uh, your um, where can we see your Twitter and where, what uh, what's coming up out of that? Uh, I was going to say typewriter, but we know those don't exist anymore. So, what's going to come out of that word processor you got? <laughs> well, you can find me on Facebook at Tom Jackson, journalist, entrepreneur. You can find me on Twitter. My handle is at Thomas Jacks Tampa, T-H-O-M-A-S-J-A-X Tampa. And what I've got coming up next is a secret. I will probably figure out what it is uh, tomorrow morning when I sit down to scribe for News Talk Florida. Okay, bud. Mr. Henderson. Well, you can find me on Facebook at Joe Henderson, commentary columns and such. You can find me on Twitter at the initial J Henderson Tampa. And like Tom, I will know what I'm going to write when I look at the screen and see it's done. Okay. <laughs> Alan Steinberg. My Facebook page is the full name that my mommy and daddy gave me, Alan Joel Steinberg. My Twitter is at a Steinberg 613. 613 is the number of commandments in the Torah of the Jewish people. And in terms of what I write, it will be up on the uh, Great News Talk Florida website that is so beautifully coordinated by my good friend Jim Williams. And I have a quick movie recommendation. Watch the movie on your cable TV or satellite, Race, the story of Jesse Owens. And you'll get an idea of uh, how far America has come since the ugliness of racism in the 1930s, but how much further we need to go. Well, Alan, uh, thank you. And uh, I'm Jim Williams, your host and Washington Bureau Chief of Newstock Florida. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at NTFLA. That's NTFLA underscore politics. You can find me on Facebook at Newstalk Florida. And I will finish a piece on Alt Nation, which uh, I'm sorry, on, on uh, the Alt Right, which I've uh, started and not finished. So at least I know what I'm going to write only because I haven't finished it yet. So thanks very much for joining us on this, the Politically Incorrect podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. We also would like to thank uh, L.A. Bachelor, who unfortunately was unable to stay with us. His line got dropped out there and technical problems happened to all of us. Uh, by all means, look up L.A. Bachelor on uh, Blog Talk Radio. He uh, has a show which is nationally syndicated and uh, well worth listening to. So check out uh, L.A. Bachelor. Check out all of us on NewstalkFlorida.com. And until next time, I'm Jim Williams, Washington Bureau Chief, News Talk Florida, your host. We hope you enjoyed this edition of the Politically Incorrect Podcast.